Well, good morning. If you have your Bibles today, open them to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1 is where we're going to study God's Word together. And as you're doing that, because you can multitask, I want to remind you of a few things about next Sunday. Next Sunday is a very big day here at Ridgecrest. On the 5th of February, we'll have Prove the Tithe Sunday. Also, we'll have the opportunity to together as a congregation experience the Lord's Supper and then our spring discipleship uh, semester begins. And so make plans now to be a part of what the Lord is going to do here at Ridgecrest next um, Sunday. As you have your Bibles open to Hebrews chapter 1 this morning, I want to share a message to you and with you entitled, What's in Your Inbox? Now, when I ask that question, some of you immediately freak out, okay? And you're like, I don't know. Let me check it. Some of you in here are like, I don't even know the last time I've checked my email, (laughs) all right? There's two different kind of people in the world. There's the people that constantly check their email, and you're the people that delete the new email when it comes. You never have an email in your inbox. There's people like that. And then there's the people in the room that never checks their email and don't even know how many emails are in their inbox, and they don't even care, and that's a great place to be as well. But the question this morning, what's in your inbox? And I ask you that question today to help us understand the idea and the reality that our world today, we in this world, we are bombarded by messages. We receive messages after messages, whether through a text or through an email or through a TV show or through social media or through the radio that we listen to or a podcast that we listen to. We live in a world that's bombarded by messages. And my question as we think about that today is this, what message is filling your life? Is it the message of the world or is it the message that God has given us? Think about it like this, 18.7 billion texts are sent worldwide every day. 18.7 billion texts. According to some recent data, in 2022, 347.3 billion emails were sent and received in that entire year. Back in the 1970s, it was reported that an average person, listen to this, would see 500 to 1,600 ads of advertisement per day. Fast forward to today, and we see somewhere between 6,000 to 10,000 ads every single day. In 2021, a couple years back, the average person that was above the age of 15 would spend nearly three hours watching TV. And then here's a kicker for us in our world today. As of last year, the average daily social media usage worldwide amounted to 147 minutes a day. Two hours and 27 minutes of social media use. And the the pros in that area tell us we need about 30 minutes a day. So again, we live in a world where we are receiving message after message, and those messages, whether we like it or not, are coming into our lives and doing something for the good or doing something, obviously, for the opposite of that, the bad. And we know we have an enemy that lives and that's moving and seeking, as John 10.10 says, to steal, kill, and destroy. 
He's roaring like a roaring lion, trying to devour those that uh, he can, 1 Peter 5, 8. And then listen to 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. We live where the enemy is trying to take the message of the world and blind us from the message of God. This week at our home, our four-year-old daughter was watching a TV show on a very popular streaming network. And my wife texted me in the middle of that TV show and shared with me that there was a message that was against the Word of God in that TV show that was just kind of put in there to hopefully allow my four-year-old to get to a place where that is a message that she believed was true. And it's the same across the board through social media, through TV, through anything that we're listening to and putting in our lives. There are these messages that are trying to take us from where God wants us to be and obviously put us at a place where the world and the enemy wants us to be. And so this morning, as I share this message with you, what's in your inbox, I want to give you a main idea. If you have your hand out there, uh, top of your page, most important thing today that I hope that you can take and take home with you and be reminded of as you and I process through the thought of hearing a message from God. And here it is, the main idea at the top of your page. I can hear a life-changing message from God every day. I, you and I in the room, have an opportunity to hear a life-changing message from God every day. We're going to study the book of Hebrews this morning, and there's a lot of different things about the book of Hebrews that we don't have time to talk about. But one, or two, excuse me, two specific things that I want to highlight to you today about the characteristics of the book of Hebrews. And the first is this, is that the book of Hebrews is a book of examination. It begs you and I as the reader to ask a question, do we truly trust God or do we trust the world? The book of Hebrews is also a book of evaluation, and it shows the superiority of Jesus Christ and the salvation that he brings to all that would turn to him. A simple way to put that is as you read through the book of Hebrews, we see this statement come true, Jesus is better. Compared to anything in this world, compared to anything that was going on in that day and time, the writer of the book of Hebrews wanted the audience to understand that Jesus is better. And we see that here in this passage that we're going to read together. So if you have your Bible and you're physically able to do so, will you stand with me as we read Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. And this is what my Bible says, and yours will say something similar. Long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In, the, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. And then verse 3 says this, The son is the radiance of God's glory in the exact expression of his nature, Sustaining all things by his powerful word, after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Let's pray together this morning. Father, thank you for your word. God, I just ask right now through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would speak to us this morning. That you would magnify the need to daily hear a life-changing message from you compared to a message that the world is trying to sell to us. 
Father, I pray that you would speak clearly as we study these thoughts from the book of Hebrews. It's in the great name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You can be seated. As we look and read Hebrews chapter 1 right here, we see in verses 1 and 2 that it says this, Long ago God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at different times and in different ways. And then verse 2 at the beginning there says, In the last days which we are living in, God has spoken to us by his Son. Let's stop for a moment this morning and just grasp the magnitude of that, that you and I on a daily basis get to experience a life-changing message from the God of the universe. If we'll open our hearts and open our ears and open our minds and, and look and see that God will speak to you and I. God that spoke the world into motion will also speak to us. God has spoken in the past. God is speaking right now. And God will continue to speak to his people. But what's interesting is there's a difference here. God has spoken certain ways through the prophets. You know that through the study of your Old Testament. But now as we walk through the life of the New Testament and experience Jesus, he's spoken to us by his son in a different way. And listen to how Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, describe that walk with Jesus. It says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest, that's speaking of Jesus, who's passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach, listen to this part of the verse, Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. As you and I think of this thought, as God spoke in the Old Testament, he spoke through people, he spoke through a burning bush, he spoke through different ways, but today we experience God speaking through Jesus. And that's personal. We don't have to go to a certain person to hear from God. We don't have to hear from God in this way or that way. No, as we walk with Jesus, we get to hear a message from God. He is our great high priest. He is the one that we go through to have access to the Father. And that's good news for you and I today. That no matter where we are, no matter what we're facing, God has a desire and will speak to us. Now the writer of Hebrews here is not negating the Old Testament. One church father says it like this, God's final revelation in Christ can be understood only within the context of God's revelation to Israel in the Old Testament. We understand that the Old Testament plays just as much of importance to the New Testament and all works together pointing to one person and that's Jesus and how Jesus changes everything for you and I. And so this morning we see five thoughts that I want to share with you and I know you're like, oh my goodness, five. You with me? Oh my goodness, five. And then there's three at the bottom. Those are going to be really fast. But remember, I now oversee education and discipleship, so I know you need to get to your Sunday school and connection group, okay? <laughs> so five thoughts today that we experience through the person of Jesus as we walk with him. And that's important. Now, let me also share this before we jump into point one. God speaks directly to you and I in specific things. Some of you are here this morning, and you need a direct word from God, Amen. You're like me and my wife praying through a situation for our family, and we need a direct word for God for him to show us what he wants us to do. 
But today what we see is God speaking generically to all of us through Jesus. And there's great hope in that. And so point number one, the first area that God speaks to us on a daily basis through Jesus is this. A message of control. The first area of this part of a life-changing word from God that we get from him as we walk with Jesus is a message of control. The second part of verse 2 right here says, God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. That statement in verse 2 is a big picture message for the plan and the purpose that God has for your life being totally under his control. It says these words, he's the appointed him heir. What does that mean? He's the owner of all. Jesus is the owner of all things. Hebrews 2.8 says, he's subject everything under his feet. For in subjecting everything to him, he left nothing that was not subject to him. As it was, we do not see We do not yet see everything subjected to him. But then also it says that Jesus made the universe. So Jesus not only owns all things, but Jesus is the creator of all. Listen to Colossians 1 verse 16. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth. The visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And so we see this amazing picture as you and I walk with Jesus. He's a creator, uh, a God, part of the God trinity there that created all things. We know in the Old Testament said, let us make man in our image. Those plural pronouns, let us, God said, let us, God, Father, Son, Spirit, create man in my image. And so because we are walking with a creator, that's our Savior and that's our Lord, There's this amazing message of control. He is in control of every little detail of our life. And we live in this world of great uncertainty. Amen? We live in this world where we wake up and we're like, what is happening next? We live in a world, for me as a father of four, I think about those four little ones and and where they're growing and where they're going to be and what the world's going to look like as they continue to grow and go through that. And I allow those things to work me up. I allow these things, this thought of for you, maybe your grandchild, or for you, a job, or for you, a situation. We get worked up with the things that are going on in our life. And God from heaven is saying, speaking to us through Jesus, I have this under control. In my sovereignty, my hand is in the midst of everything that's going on. And you can have great hope through a message of control. And we see that through the life of Jesus. Some days we might need to be reminded of these Verses from Isaiah, and I encourage you to write this reference down. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. The Lord says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than earth, so my ways are higher than yours, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You know, growing up, Here in this church, there was a song we used to sing together in the children's ministry. And I'm not going to sing it this morning, okay? Uh, There's only a few people that get to hear me sing, but you are not some of them. But (laughs) there was this song that would go like this. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the wind and the rain in his hands. 
I like this part. This one's kind of hard to say, but he he's got the little bitty baby in his hands. He's got you and me, sister, in his hands. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got everybody in his hands. What a reminder this morning as we walk through an uncertain world that Jesus, as we walk with him and experience God through him, gives us a message of control. I have this in my hands. Point two this morning on your outline, the second message that we see through Jesus is a message of presence. A message of presence. Verse 3 at the beginning here says this, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature. That word radiance in the original Greek language literally means to burst with light. Jesus burst with light, the radiance, the glory of God. It's like a sunrise. Anybody, some of you in here are early risers. I know some of you don't know what a sunrise is. But there's a sunrise every day. And as that sun rises, as the sun peaks the top of the crest of that portion of the earth, it's this burst of light that is an amazing thing to see. And so as we experience Jesus, we experience this amazing light of God. But also it says the exact expression. Jesus is the exact expression. That means he's the exact representation of God. So as we understand what God has done is he sent Jesus to give us a message and to walk with on a daily basis. As we walk with Jesus, we're walking with God. And we're walking in his presence. We're spending time with him. Again, again, I read 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 that says, The enemy blinds the minds that don't see. They are unable to see the glorious light. So the enemy's trying to blind us from this light of God, but God is saying through Jesus we can experience his life. So walking with Jesus on a daily basis means you and I are walking in the presence of God. My closeness, think about it like this, my closeness to Jesus will greatly dictate my experience of God's presence. The closer we are and interact with Jesus through his word, through prayer, through just the people of God, the closer and the greater we'll feel the presence of God. And we feel a lot of things, a lot of messages, a lot of experiences in our world today, but what greater thing to experience than the presence of God, amen? And we see that opportunity as we walk with the Lord to experience that presence. Growing up, one of the things I've shared with you before that I love to do and still to this day is go deer hunting. My dad and I would deer hunt quite often when I was a young child, and it got to this point where as a deer hunter, I was ready to sit in a deer stand by myself. Now, I remember the first few times I ever did that. There's another portion of the story that I've told you before that you're not supposed to tell anyone, and that's that I was scared of the dark. All right, I'm serious. I did not like the dark. And I remember the first time going deer hunting and sitting in a stand by myself. My dad got me in the stand. He got me seated, got my gun situated, everything there. Like everything was safe. I was where I needed to be. Everything was good. He said, I'll come back and pick you up on the truck when it's dark. Keyword, dark. <laughs> and I remember seeing that sun go down. And I remember it getting darker and darker and darker. And I felt like it was as dark as it could ever be. <laughs> 
And I remember looking in a certain direction because I knew in that direction my dad would be coming. And I remember watching, and I remember watching, and finally, here it came, I saw it. What did I see? The light. The lights of the, the headlights of his truck coming down the trail to get me. And in that moment, there was this amazing feeling of peace. Because why? I could see the light of my father and his presence brought peace to me in that moment of difficulty. And the same is true this morning for you and I. What brings peace in a crazy world? It's the presence of God. And as we see that light of God's presence through Jesus, we'll experience that presence and have that peace every single day. And so a life-changing message is a message of control, a message here of presence, but then thirdly, on your handout there, a message of support. As we walk with Jesus, we experience a message of support. Verse 3 continues on and says, Jesus sustaining all things by his powerful word. Now, the important word for us to note here is that word sustaining. That word sustaining in the original language is written in the tense that's entitled the present active participle. And what that means is that is what is currently actively going on. And so right now, let's think about this, right now, Jesus, as he's seated on the right hand of God in the throne room, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but as he is where he is, Jesus is sustaining all things in our life and holding them and supporting them together. It's a message of support. There's also an important word in the original language that you can get from this and that he's doing that. It's, it's like it, it could be said like this. Jesus is serving us while sustaining us. What a picture that is. Right now, Jesus is serving you and I and he's doing that by sustaining us through his word as he speaks that over our lives and over the things that are going on. And so there's a great message of support. And in this world, if you're like me, and I'm sure you find yourself this, you seek things to support you. Man, if I had this amount of money, man, if I had this job, if my kids would would do it like this and be here and all this type of situations that we kind of run through our head, we think that will be sustained. But you and I know that nothing in this world can fully and will ever fully sustain us. The only thing that will support continually you and I in our life is the presence of God through his son Jesus in our life. And so I want to encourage you today, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter the question marks in your life, Jesus is looking down from the throne room of heaven as I'm sustaining you from my powerful word. There's an important thought there. We need to hear that word. We need to hear that message that will sustain us. We need to hear that message that will hold us up through anything that we're going through. I remember when now our eight-year-old Asher was about two, or th- about two years old or so. We were in a gym at the church that I worked at at the time. And I, as a dad, I was like, man, every son needs to experience the slam dunk. You with me, dads? You're like, he's got to experience this. It is time. He's two. He needs to dunk, all right? And so I thought, as his father, I was going to help him 
experienced the slam dunk. The goal was down to about eight foot or so. So I take Asher as a two-year-old, and I hold him up like this, and I said, shoot the ball, dunk the ball, Asher. And he did, y'all. And I was like, yes, way to go, Asher. You just slam dunked for the first time in your life. But here was the problem. When he slam dunked that basketball hole, he didn't let go of the goal. Okay, like literally, he's holding on. And who's holding on to him? Me. I'm like this. Asher's like this. And he's holding on to the goal. He's holding on to the goal. And I was like, all right, buddy. All right, man. You can let go now. You made it. He's not. He's just holding on as tight as he could. And I was like, Asher, it's okay. You've made the goal. You won. Everything's good. He would not let go. Well, the only people in the gym was myself, Asher, the two-year-old, and Collins, our three- or four-year-old. No one else in the gym. Collins didn't really know what was going on, so he, he couldn't really help me in a lot of ways. And there was a chair. There was a chair about from me to the podium here from the pulpit from me. And I remember I was like trying, you know, like trying to kick the chair and get the chair, and I couldn't get it, y'all. And guess what happened? A few minutes goes in, and I'm still holding him. And what starts to hurt? Those arms, those shoulders begin to burn. And I was like, man, I need to go to the gym. This is a struggle. They're burning. They're burning. They're burning. And finally, it seemed like it was an hour later, that little joker let go. And I was able to grab him and put him down. But why do I tell you that story this morning? Because we live daily, you and I do, and we try to sustain ourselves. We try to hold ourselves up with our own doings, our own knowledge, our own things that we have, our own things that we want and experience. We try to hold ourselves up. And in that, our arms get weak, our arms get heavy, because you weren't meant to hold yourself up. You weren't meant to sustain the life that you're living. The only thing that can hold you up without ever getting tired is the word of Jesus as we walk with him. So this morning, there's a message of control, a message of presence, a message of support, then fourthly, a message of redemption. A message as you and I walk with Jesus, no matter if we have been walking with Jesus for one year, one day, 15 years, or 30 years, there is always a message of redemption. Verse 3 continues and says this, again, talking of Jesus, after making purification of sins. It also could be read like this, after making purification for sins by himself. Redemption, the word redemption can be defined like this. It's the work of Christ on our behalf, whereby he purchases us, he ransoms us at the price of his own life, securing our deliverance from bondage and the condemnation of sin. Again, this message of redemption is good today for the oldest person in the room to the youngest person in the room, that you and I have been redeemed that we were lost in our sin, and our sin had separated us from God, but God loved us so that he sent his son Jesus to make a way. And as he lived the life that he lived and died the death that he, he died and then went into that tomb and was raised again, there's hope for you and I in the lives that we live. Our sin is no longer seen as what it was, but we are seen through the redemptive blood of Jesus. 
And as we walk through our world every day and face the different things, the struggles, the ups and downs, and the battle of sin in all of our lives, the message of redemption is still consistent. Ephesians 1, 7 and 8 says it like this, If him who we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. In a lot of ways, as you and I walk with Jesus, this message is the starting ground. This message is the the important message to always tell ourselves to wake up every day and preach the gospel to ourselves that I am nothing but Jesus is everything. Because of what Jesus has done for me, he is the one that needs all glory and honor, and he will give us that forgiveness, and we can experience his redemption every single day. And that's what I love about the, the story and the life of Jesus is that he met his people right where they were. And so this morning, Jesus is looking down from heaven, meeting you right where you are and saying, I'm a God that redeems you, that gives you hope and life if you'll just look to me compared to looking to the things of the world. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never heard that story of redemption. If you want to hear the life-changing message of God on a daily basis, it begins with saying yes to Jesus for the first time. It begins with turning from your sin and admitting that you are a sinner and believing that Jesus is the Son of God that came to save you and committing your life to following Him. And so in just a few moments, we'll give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus. But if you need that message from Christ It begins here. And then for us that know Christ, again, it continues here. I've been redeemed. I've been changed. My old nature is gone. Amen? And the new has come in Christ. We all find ourselves in situations where we blow the situation. You with me? This week, with some folks that I was really close with, I did something that was not what I needed to do towards them. Now, don't email Brother Ray. It wasn't anything crazy or anything like that, okay? But it still was not okay that I did that towards them. In a lot of ways, the people that we're closest to are the people that we hurt the most. And it was one of those situations. And I blew it. And I didn't handle it the way that I needed to handle it. We all find ourselves there in different times and days of our life. But I went to these people and I looked them eye to eye and I said, would you please forgive me? And every single one of them looked to me in that situation and they said, Dad, well, there you go, my kids. (laughs) They said, Dad, I forgive you. In that moment, as those kids looked me eye to eye and they said, Dad, I forgive you, man, what a freedom of weight that was just taken off of me. Now, was I excited that I did it? No. Were they excited I did it? No. But there was great peace and freedom in the redemption that I knew that was a picture of the redemption that we could experience in Christ. So the world we live in gives us a message of condemnation, a message of hate. But God, through Jesus, is looking down and giving us a message of grace, mercy, and love through his redemption. So this morning, we can hear a life-changing message from God, and that message is a message of control, presence, support, redemption, and then lastly, number five, a message of trust. A message of trust. 
verse 3 continues, and it says this. He sat down, again, this is speaking of Jesus. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Mark 16, 19 also says this. So the Lord Jesus, after speaking to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. We grasp this thought through the study of the scripture that now Jesus is seated on the throne with God, to the right, in the throne room with God, to the right hand of God. Jesus, the Son of God, is seated there. Now listen closely. Jesus' seated position is a message of trust. It's a message of trust in every little detail. We talked about control and how that's a big picture message. But this message of trust is a smaller picture message that takes place in every situation of our life. From the smallest of details, our God, through his son Jesus, can be trusted. He's seated on the throne. Jesus is not in the throne room pacing back and forth. It doesn't say that. He's not looking at God saying, oh, uh, oh God, did you see what Chase just did? Oh, God, do you see what Chase has going on in his life right now? No, he's seated. And in his seated presence and in his seated position, it's a picture that he can be trusted. And that's the picture that you and I, the message that you and I can grasp today, that no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, we serve a God through his son that can be trusted. What are you going to do tomorrow? We'll trust the Lord. How are you going to handle this situation? We can trust the Lord. The word trust literally means this, to put your full confidence in God alone. To put your full confidence in God alone. But in our world today, here's what we do. We put confidence in God, but we put confidence in God with our abilities. Or we put confidence in God with our money. We put confidence with God in our jobs. We put confidence with God with our family. All those type things, we add to it. But true trust is putting our full confidence in God alone. So this morning as we walk with Jesus, he gives us that message that he can be trusted in every little Thing in our life, as long as well as the big things that we already talked about as he's in control. I read this story in preparation for this morning about a father and a son. Now, this is a story, this is not a true story of my life, even though it probably could be, but this is a story about a father and a son that were exploring in the woods, and my kids love to do that. And they were this father and son were exploring the woods, and the dad kind of lost eyes on the son. Now, mom's in the room. Every dad does not do that, okay? So that's not always the case. But the dad lost eyes on the son. And the dad's like, okay, he's probably doing his thing, and he'll be here back in a second. Well, the next thing he know, he, the dad knows, he hears this. Hey, dad, catch me. And the dad turns and looks, and out of a tree, okay, had to have been a boy, okay, out of a tree, out of the tree, here comes the son, and the son literally falls on his father. And the story says that the father and the son fall back, almost like a circus act, in the middle of the woods and hit the ground. And the story goes like this. The dad, when he found his voice again, he gasped and he said this, Son, 
Can you give me one good reason why you did that? The son looked back at his father with great calmness and he said this, Sure, because you're my dad. The son had all assurance that his father was trustworthy and that he could be trusted to catch him and care for him. And this morning, as we process through a life-changing message from Jesus, there's a message of all assurance that he can be trusted. In every detail of our life, our God, through his son Christ, as we hear that message, is trustworthy. So, this morning, what message is filling your life? Is it a message of Things not being in control? Is it a message of just anxious living? Is it a message of stress? Is it a message of what's going to happen next? Is it going to a message of how is all this going to play out? Is it a message of what do I do? Is it a message of, man, just unclear direction? If that's the case, there is hope. There's hope in the middle of your life and there's hope in the middle of your message that there can be a message of control, a message of presence, support, redemption, and trust as you and I walk with Jesus. As we close this morning, I want to give you three words of application from today's message as we think about this thought of daily hearing a life-changing message from God. And again, how important is that for you and I? To hear from the one true living God, for Him to speak to us on a daily basis, maybe in this new year of 2023, may it be our desire and may it be our prayer that every single day we hear from God, that we spend time with him into a moment that we hear from him. And Hebrews 2 verse 1 gives us a verse here to practically apply what we've talked about today. It says this, for this reason, we must pay attention all the more to what we have heard so that we will not drift away. After everything the writer of Hebrews talks about here, about who Jesus is and how he's greater than anything else in the world, he says because of that, pay attention to this more than anything else. Pay attention to who Jesus is and what he's done more than anything else, so that we will not drift away. And again, our world is drifting away far faster and faster than it ever has before. And as the church, it's an opportunity for us to take a stand and to, be, uh, to stand firm in what we believe and stand firm in where we are to, again, hear God's message and be obedient to Him compared to the things of the world. So three practical thoughts today on how can you and I hear from God on a daily basis. The first thought is this, position. My encouragement, if you and I are going to hear this life-changing message from God on a daily basis is, is this word position. And the thought there is this, position your heart, position your mind, position yourself to hear from God. And that's done through great expectation that when we sit to meet with God, we're going to hear from Him. That's also done from great surrender, great for, seeking of God's great forgiveness. Position our hearts. Listen to Psalm 51 verse 10. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any 
offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. If we're going to hear from God, we have to position ourselves to hear from him. In a deep desperation to say, God, speak to me. So first, I want to encourage you this week, maybe today, this afternoon, tomorrow when you wake up, Position your heart and say, before you look at any other message, before you open your phone and swipe up and look at all the notifications, your desire is going to be to position your heart to hear from God before you hear any other message. Secondly, an application this morning, if we're going to hear a life-changing message from God, what's important is the place. Place. My encouragement for all of us is to find a place to daily hear from God. Now, I'm not binding God speaking to you in that place, okay? Don't hear me say that. The only place that God can speak to you is in your recliner, right there next to your fireplace, with a fire going, with your coffee that was just the right way. That's the only way God can speak. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is try to find on a daily basis a place like that that is a place that you meet with God. And that is a reminder to you, in this place, my, my heart is positioned right to hear from God. We see in the New Testament, like in Matthew 14, 23, that Jesus, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the, the night, it says he was there alone. Mark 6 says the same thing, Luke 6 and John 6 say the same thing, that Jesus got away, went to a place to hear from God. And the same challenges for you and I. If we're going to hear this life-changing uh, message from God, we need to find a place. Now, I want to encourage you in that place to be careful about your distractions. Maybe the, the distraction for you is not to have your phone there, not to have the TV on, not to have uh, things that are going to distract you from hearing from God. Because most of the time, when I find myself sitting down in a place to hear from God... My mind spins faster than it's ever spun before. I start thinking about, oh, we got to do this, we got to do that, I got to go be a part of this, and got to go here at this time, and got to get all this stuff together. And again, that's the enemy trying to blind us. And so be careful, rid yourself in your place of the distractions that's going to keep you from hearing from God. So position, place, then thirdly, promise. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For every one of God's promises is yes in him. Therefore, through him, we also say amen to the glory of God. Focus on the promises of God to daily hear from him. So as you and I seek the Father to hear from him this life-changing message, the life-changing message has to be centered in the promise of God. Now, I'm not saying this morning don't read a devotional or don't listen to another pastor preach or don't listen to a podcast or those type things. I'm not saying that this morning. All that is good. But never substitute those things from actually hearing from God from his word. And the things that he's spoken to us through this book that we believe is not just any other book. It's the living and active word of God. So find the ability to focus on his promises every day. So as we close this morning, as you and I walk through this life and desire to hear from God, position your heart for it, find a place for it, and then focus 
on the promises that he's given us. This morning as I was getting ready to come to church, our two-year-old, I guess, decided that he needed to get ready to come to church as well. He's normally not up at this hour, so I don't really know what's going on there, but he was at this, this morning. And so he was in the, in the bathroom there with me getting ready to go to church, and guess what? Everything that I did, he needed to do too. So we brushed his hair. We shaved him a little bit. Safely, safely, okay? His favorite's deodorant. I know that's a good thing that people, you need to know that he likes deodorant. Because he's like, he wants me to put the deodorant on him and I take it and he puts his arm up and I, I go to put the deodorant on. He just laughs. He just giggles. It just make, it tickles him, you know. But he wanted to do everything just like me this morning. And as all of this was happening this morning and then I was processing through this thought of what we were going to talk about today, I couldn't help but think how his desire was to be like his father and how you and I should have a daily desire to be like our father, our heavenly father. And if we're going to do that, we're going to have to hear a message from him. We're going to have to hear him speak to us on a daily basis. We're going to have to experience him in a deeper way so that we can become more and more like him. And that message is available for us. We can hear it. We've talked about it this morning. We can hear this message on a daily basis, the question just comes back to you and I, are we listening? Are we listening to the message that we experience from God, this life-changing message that we can experience from God through Jesus on a daily basis? Or are we listening to the message of the world? Will you bow your head with me and close your eyes this morning? And I want you to process that question for a moment, whether you're in the room or worshiping with us online this morning, ask yourself this question, what message am I listening to? Is my life bombarded by the message of the world, a message of uncertainty, a message of question, a message of hate, a message of uh, just discouragement, or is my life characterized by hearing this message that comes from God through his son, Jesus. This message of control. This message of presence. This message of support. This message of redemption and the message of trust. And I encourage all of us in the room this morning as we think about hearing from God. Would you just pray this quietly in your heart right now where you're seated or where you're watching and worshiping online? Would you just ask this of God? God, would you speak to me daily? Say that to the Lord in a desperation to know that we need to hear from him. God, speak to me daily. In just a moment, after I pray, we're going to stand and respond together. Maybe you're here with all heads bowed and eyes closed still. You're here this morning, and you need to respond to the message of redemption. You need to follow Jesus for the first time. I'll be down front. Other staff will be to the sides. I would encourage you to come 
and make that decision and respond and say yes to Jesus over anything else in this world. Father, what a blessing it's been to be together this morning, to study your word, to worship you, to hear from you. God, we praise you today that you speak to us, that you still speak today, God. And I know there are people in this room that need a word from you. I pray right now that you would speak that clearly to them, that they would have confidence to hear from you and do what it is that you're calling us to do. God, I also pray this morning that you would speak these generic things that we've talked about today over all of our lives that we would daily be reminded that you're in control, that you can be trusted, that we've experienced your redemption, that we have your presence, and that we can experience that on a daily basis. Father, now as we move to this time of response, God, I do ask that you would speak clearly to each of us. God, strengthen us not just to hear from you, but God, strengthen us to do what it is that you're calling us to do. So God, move now, and may our yes be to you, and whatever that is that you're calling us to do in the days ahead. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with me for a time of invitation this morning? In just a moment, as Brother Aaron and the team leads us, I just want to encourage you to think about what is it that God's calling you to do? Maybe you're here this morning and you need to say yes to Jesus for the first time, that message of redemption. We would love to talk to you about following Christ. Maybe you're here today and you need to join a church to be a part of. One of the greatest ways to hear the message of God is to be a part of of a Bible-believing, teaching church. And we would love for you to be a part of our Ridgecrest family. So maybe you need to come be a part of that. Maybe this morning you need to obey the Lord in some area of baptism or, or be obedient in different areas. You need to come to talk to one of us about that. We would love to talk to you. And then lastly, I'd encourage you this. Maybe you're here this morning. And we've talked a lot about God speaking to us today. Maybe you're here this morning and you need a word from God. Maybe you're here this morning and there's a word that God needs to speak to you and you just want to come to the altar today and seek his face and say, God, would you speak to me in this area? God, I want to hear from you. So as Brother Aaron and the team lead us, I want to encourage you to respond now in the way that God's calling you to.